Hey, how you doing? J-Man here, and this is the Launchpad Podcast. Five years in the waiting, and it's happening tonight with my good friend, Sean. Hey. Uh, Sean from Gallant Media. He's the sponsor of this podcast as well. And Sean, because I do not have an intro, uh, what I'm going to be doing with all guests that come on the Launchpad Podcast is that they're going to have to make an intro for me, Mm -hmm. just right off the top of their heads. Uh, Here you go. Right now. Right now. J-Man, J-Man, J-Man. You're listening to the Launchpad Podcast featuring J-Man. Yeah, I like it. Right? That was sexy. That's all right. That was very sexy. All right. Uh, so, Sean, quickly, tell people what it is that you do. What is your occupation? Uh, so, I own Galant Media, which is a uh, creative design and business development uh, company. So, we do everything uh, that a business owner would need from the ground up to... Uh, build, promote, market, advertise their their company. Everything from web development to graphic design to printing. What makes a good website? Uh, well, that's pretty uh, pretty vague. What makes a website a good website? Why should somebody have a website? Oh, well, I mean, your website showcases everything about who you are and what you do. Uh, to the entire world, 24-7-365, right? So you absolutely have to have a website in this day and age. It's it's a necessity. It's not a luxury. Um, so, I mean, what makes a good website is that, you know, it, it not only has to look beautiful, it has to, it has to function well on the back end as well. So, you know, it really has to go hand in hand. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Now, you told me a great story. Uh, a while back, like when you when you got started early, early, early on right. with web development, there were times where you kind of just didn't know really what it is that they wanted. Right. But but you took on the work anyways to where 15 years later, you know, you're an authority when it comes to business development, creating websites, all that kind of stuff. About. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind this was 2004. Yeah, right? <laughs> he's afraid so... that he has like current business right now. <laughs> <laughs> So th- this is 15 years ago when, I mean, you know, the internet was young. At that time, nobody had a website. But they're asking you how to do this stuff and you don't know how to do it. Right, like, and, th- and that's how it started. So I would say, okay, well, you don't have a website. Why don't, why don't I build one for you? And the, so they'd say, okay, well, I'd, I'd like it to do this and this and this. Yeah, no problem. I'll do that for and you. Then, and then I'd go back to my computer and I'd wow. spend 10 hours figuring out how to do that. So I'm... Absolutely, I'm very, I'm very much self-taught. So from you the had to up. you had to charge a flat rate, I guess, when you're starting. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't charge an hourly and then take ten hours to figure out how to yeah how to, to do, do something, something on the back end. That's right. All right, cool. Business is going really well. You also saw something called Showcase, uh, which right. is an incredible event that when I was living in, in Petawawa mm-hmm. uh, for four years, some people didn't know, uh, but I worked at a station called Star ninety six in Pembroke, playing country in a small town. Uh, leaving college, I said there was two things I wasn't going to do in radio. That was going to do, uh, that was going to be playing country in a small town. Uh, Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, Nailed it. it. Out of the park. Yeah. And I really never took Petawawa Showcase too seriously until I went to go see it with you last year. Mm. And it's absolutely crazy how many people are piling through For these sure. doors. It's it's generally a trade show. Yes. Yeah. So. Um... It's very much a trade show, but it it spans all industries. So everybody from, you know, small uh, grandma crafter to large uh, corporations like um, Canadian National Laboratories or uh, CFB Garrison Petawawa, 
contractors, renovators, you anything. Name it. anything, anything, you name it. We were just having a conversation about someone that kind of works in, I guess you call it the, the sex industry, but like sex toys, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, you can show up to the showcase. You just you got to keep the erections the away. Maybe the yeah, toys. maybe keep the toys off the table. No penises sure. on the table. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's a blanket rule. Yeah. That's for all vendors, yeah. not just her. That's you almost know. every event. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no penises on the table. That's right. Okay, fair there enough. are some exceptions, but <laughs> yeah, that's right. you know. the after party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So we've known each other uh, for quite some time on a business level. It started off professionally. Mm -hmm. uh, we started seeing each other at events, and then we just started getting really cool. Now we hang out all the time. We do a whole bunch of business together. Sure. And there have been a, a lot of things that we've done along the way, a lot of things that we've discussed uh, you know, at my, at my kitchen table. Mm -hmm. And we've never had a podcast to record in these conversations. And one of the most fascinating things and fun things that I think that we ever talk about, and what is somewhat of a hot topic right now, would be marijuana, weed. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that it's it's now legal mm -hmm. and we partake in the smoking of it. Uh, I en I enjoy mm -hmm. the partaking. Mm -hmm. uh, for myself, it's it's usually in the evening before I go to sleep. Yeah. But when I'm, you know, with good company. Recreational, then, yeah, sure. good company only. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how do you feel about the, the legalization of it? Is this just a common sense thing for you that should have happened, you know, Lord knows how long ago? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I think it's been a long time coming. There's more medicinal qualities of it than than anything else, and people have been using it for that for years. Okay, you, know? you and I have had different experiences uh, with weed. Uh, for you, uh, you know, it's a, a mellowing thing; it relaxes you. Obviously, you're doing it before bed. I, I didn't smoke any weed until I was until I was 39 years old. And the, the first time I ever smoked weed, believe it or not, really bizarre. I like to play my guitar hero, like a lot of people listening to the podcast would already know. Sure. Uh, I was chatting with this girl that used to live in the East Coast, like where you're from. Okay. <clears throat> and I knew that she, she liked weed. And one day we're just chatting online. She says, oh, I'm playing guitar hero. I said, oh, man, we should play guitar hero together. Too bad that you're like out in the East Coast. And she's like, I live in Ottawa now. Bazinga. Oh, yeah. yeah. So... We talk about, you know, me going over to her place, we play some Guitar Hero, and then we just start, like, taking bong hits. Now, at the time, <laughs> you know, two years ago, my mother had passed away, and I was looking for ways that would maybe mellow me out. I figured if I was going to try weed, now's the time. Mm -hmm. And played Guitar Hero, smoked weed, had a great time. Like, it was, yeah. it was a magical experience, yeah, okay? Sure, yeah. And I continued to have magical experiences maybe the next five or six times until I had a good friend of mine named Kim mm -hmm. uh, that invited me out to a Christmas party. So far, everything's going well. And you know what? It's Christmas. My first Christmas without mom. I'm thinking about it. And then someone says weed. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, we're all just going to go in the back. Can we, instead of, can we call it the pot? The pot, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they asked me, would you like to partake in the pot? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I, I could go for that. Sure. Maybe it would help me out. Now, I don't know what I had the first time that I was smoking. I just know that it wasn't what I was having the second time that I was mm -hmm. smoking. And then I sit back down at the table and boom. So I had one of these like slow episodes where I remember looking at the clock and it took forever in my head for a minute to go by to like where I thought I was going to die inside my high. I know it doesn't make any sense, but that's exactly what I thought was going to sure. happen. And so I, I ended up in a hospital 
because I, I was for sure thinking that it was laced. I was staring at walls. Like the guy that gave me the weed, he brought me to the hospital with my, my friend Kim. And I wouldn't let him unhook his right arm from my left arm. Like it just, it could not happen. I thought I was going to die, basically, mm-hmm. uh, in my head. So uh, they were there for many, many hours with me. And then just at one point, I just was unhigh. And it was just an awful experience. <laughs> and for people that told me... it sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, see, <laughs> it was not awesome. No. It was it was really an it was an awful experience. And for people that will will constantly say that you know marijuana is not a, a serious drug, well, that just really depends. That was a very very serious uh, experience for me. Right. Uh, so like so, I can't understand how you know someone can smoke a joint and go to bed when you know I could smoke a joint and my whole fucking world explodes. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's, there's, um, a lot of different strains. Um, you know, there's indica versus sativa. One makes you a little more excited. The other one's a little more relaxing. Um, I find, you know, it can really depend on who you're with, your mood, uh, you know, maybe what you're doing at the time. Um, if, if it's mixed with anything, right. Mm -hmm. Tobacco, maybe it's straight pot. Okay. The, no, pot, the pot, or yeah, maybe it's straight the pot, or maybe it's uh, mixed with tobacco. A lot of people mix it with tobacco. Okay, I got I got to go back just a second. Sure. Now, in regards to your, you know, you said that you you smoke before you go to bed. Have yeah. you not ever experimented like doing something as creative as web design, or is it, or is it just that we see all the pretty colors and stuff like that? You're looking at code when you're putting together a website, so maybe it's not a good idea. Um, I just find if I am high. Uh, if it's if it's not before bed and I'm sitting in front of my computer, I end up on YouTube for yeah. six hours. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's very count for me. It's very counterproductive. Uh-huh. Uh, I I know people that smoke and it it zones them in mm-hmm. on coding. Mm-hmm. So you know they they don't build websites unless they they've been smoking. Okay. I I'm just I'm not like that. Okay. Right? Cool, if man. I smoke, I'm yeah. on the couch watching a movie yeah. or or I'm in bed. Yeah. That's it. A bad movie. Can it? Does it have Funny. the ability to take Funny. a bad movie and make it good? No, no. Okay. It has the ability to make a funny movie funnier. Like Napoleon Dynamite, the Hilarious. worst movie ever. That Are you movie kidding me? sucks. That's awful movie. You're ridiculous. I have, I've watched it on a number of occasions. Like I've seen it many times. Like I'm watching I love it. it. I'm watching it almost like it's the Matrix. Like I'm yeah. trying to find the hidden meaning. There, and no, all no, no, no. There's not. Okay, so then why Listen, is it that the, anyone can find that thing the funny? The very no. first time I watched that. I kept waiting for. I kept waiting. Funny? No. For funny. No, I, I found it funny, but no. I kept. I kept waiting for a climax. There's no climax to the movie, right? So, and then after it was over, I I thought to myself, "What did I just watch?" And then I realized it was genius. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's, telling it's you, it's one genius. of those. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's one of those so movies. Give me the funniest scene in the movie right you now. Te- why don't What's you the funniest tell, movie? Why don't you tell me what the- your favorite movie is? Shawshank Redemption. That's not funny at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great movie, though. Is, oh, it's that a is a great movie. movie. What's my favorite comedy, though, yes, you should be asking yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have I really had to think about my favorite comedy? God. You know what? If Yeah. I'm going to have to say Spaceballs. 
You know what I mean? F- yeah. That's, that's like 40 a, years old. How old are you? That's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, no, like when you're thinking just about a classic comedy, that's right? That's a classic like, comedy. There are sure. things like Dumb and Dumber. Like I could throw it. Right. Like that made me giggle a lot. Like mm-hmm. it's in regards to like, you know, a sophisticated comedy, I can't even remember. It, you know what happened actually for me is that comedies, romantic comedies, when you used to watch a romantic comedy, yeah. uh, it was just funny. Right? Like, there's ha ha ha, like, you know, and all the silly things that he or she does in the movie, and you just laugh, ha ha ha, and guys didn't want to watch it. The first movie that kind of really broke the genre was The Breakup, right? With Vince Vaughn? Is that the Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, you know, movie, happy, movie, cool, rom com, ha ha ha, guys still don't want to watch it. And then, like, it just gets viciously real right in the middle of, of the movie. And, like, I don't like that dramatic aspect of it. Like, it's happy, then they crash and burn you just so they can bring you back at the end and say, look, everything turned out okay. <laughs> no, you spend, ma- a, you spend a lot of time... Too much time analyzing this. ...and analyzing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know what a, a good go-to is? Anything like Seth Rogen... No. Paul Ooh. Rudd, like anything... Uh, what's that director guy that does all these movies? Oh I forget God. his name already. But, but they're uh, all they're all funny. We super just bad. obviously have very yeah, super bad. Yes, I don't like anything with set. <laughs> like what's that laugh he does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's but, he's a funny stoner. No, he's not funny. He's a stoner. He, he's a he's, he's <laughs> nailed being a stoner. Yeah, he absolutely yeah. has. No, I don't. I don't find him. I, I used to find him funny mm-hmm. until I realized he's just doing the same thing. All oh, of the for time. sure. Now yeah, you yeah. can take someone like, oh, of course, like when I want to do a podcast, I'm not going to be able to remember people's, people's right, names, of right? Course, yeah. Uh, who's the guy? He's the, he's the in Pineapple guy Express. From Super da- Bad no, with the curly hair? Pineapple Express. He was in it James with. James Franco? Yes. Oh, he's really good. Brilliant yeah, actor. Yeah, he's good, yeah. But can play a stoner. Uh, he, he does it all. Yeah. Seth, James Franco, yeah. Seth plays just a, stoner. a shitty stoner. Yeah, totally. All the time. Totally. Like, what he should really do is just brand him. You should you should talk to him because you're here. That's what you do. You brand. Yeah, yeah. Right? You say, like, listen, okay, you can't act and you're like a super stoner, but I guess you're a good stoner. But I, but I think... People think he's acting. He's just a good stoner. Yeah. And... And he should just keep his same character and just appear in all these different movies, yeah, kind of like Where's Waldo. Doing. That's what he's already doing. No, he plays Seth Rogen in all his movies. Well, nobody plays the same character, right? Yeah, but no, but it, it should be like his name is Dave. Gotcha. And he smokes weed, and he just pops up in all these different movies. Okay. Well, I'll see what I can that do. I- <laughs> I'll call his. I'll call his manager, and <laughs> well, I'll see what I can do. I can't remember. He's right now behind like a really serious charitable cause, though. Uh, you know where what? he's speaking up and he's he's uh, he has a voice and he's taking a stance on something that he believes in. So Seth Rogen, the human, sure, good guy, good guy, bad actor, salt, salt <laughs> something like that. That's what he does. Something that's guttural. That's what he sounds like. Yeah. Oh, okay, I nailed it. Yeah, you did okay. pretty much. Yeah, awesome. That's his laugh every time. <laughs> every time, every movie, definitely. <laughs> well, I think we got a solid five minutes there. Yeah, so. this is this is not what I thought it was going to be. It's really. It's really interesting. It's something that I've been talking about doing for uh, such a long period of time, and now to finally uh, be here and, and doing it with you. And never did I ever think that I was going to be talking, you know, basically with entrepreneurs and just kind of finding out uh, how their brain works. Because I think you know, there's kind of a stigma that that's involved in uh, being an, an entrepreneur. Sometimes that maybe it's a little bit more dry, or people are maybe more uh, serious. Serious, yeah. 
right? Opposed to just being able to kick back, relax, and there's this side that you're able to show your friends that you can't show the oh, people yeah, that are sure. likely going to be doing some well, business. I, with I, you, I think right? we've had that conversation before. When we first met, you probably didn't think I was no a goofy, jokey. No, you looked very unhappy. <laughs> you you had that resting. <laughs> oh, I'm fish still face. unhappy. Yeah. Let's not <laughs> let's not get ourselves. Okay. Um. But, uh, yeah, I think that there is that stigma. And, you know, like anybody can start a business. Yeah. Right? But it, I think it takes a special person to run a business successfully. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of sacrifice. And a lot of people, once they get into a business and realize there's that sacrifice, that's when they cut out. Yeah. So how do you separate the two? Like, I mean, do you just not go drinking out in public or... You know what I mean? Uh, like, if you're going to have a night, you're going to have a night, like, with your friends behind closed doors. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, I, I yeah. think that's a good idea. I When I first started business, I was big on branding my vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, which, I, I mean, I still think is a good idea, but you really have to be aware of where you are, who you're with, what you're doing, because at any time, your name is on the side of your vehicle, right? So oh, I, yeah. I, I don't do that anymore. Okay. Not that I'm out doing anything yeah. crazy, but... You just have like a doob hanging out the uh, corner yeah, of your you know. mouth. <laughs> yeah. Flipping oh. people off in traffic. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. forgetting you have yeah, I can do your whatever phone I number on yeah, the outside of your vehicle. I can do whatever I want now. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so liberating almost. A little bit. Yeah. I, when I... Uh, my first vehicle, when I, after I started business, I had all, you know, uh, decaled up. And uh, when I... Got rid of that vehicle and got a new one and did not put any decals on it. It was very liberating. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a little more, I felt a little more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know? <laughs> you're asking the wrong You dude. know. You know you're you smart. Know I don't know. That word? I don't. <laughs> yeah, that one. Oh, that one I know. And in, can you imagine that we both don't know that word right? Ooh. Is that the one? There's a I lot of syllables in there. Yeah, that's not that, the one I was looking for. That didn't even register. It'll do. <laughs> that it'll didn't do. even register. Inconspicuous? Huh? What? Yeah. Anyways, you know what I mean. I'm just hearing loud noises. So what's your favorite thing about being self-employed? And let me let me preface this. Sure. Ooh. Let's see yeah, that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. By, uh, I remember we were together uh, about to meet a potential client out doing business. Mm-hmm. And I looked into one of the offices and you kind of saw what I was looking at. And I'm like, man, like, that's why I work so hard. Uh, And it's not to slam the person that wants to go into work every day and do the nine to five. I cannot envision myself ever wanting to sit at a desk like that trapped to my desk, you know, where I'm waiting for my lunch hour at noon so I can get a little bit of sun when we live in a climate that's freezing half the year. Yeah. Uh, right? So, uh, yeah, now that was a very long preface. So to, yeah. to remind you what yeah. I was asking is, <laughs> what is it about being self-employed that you hold most dear? The biggest perk. The biggest perk is the, I think it's the freedom, the availability to, you know, if, if something comes up, I can, you know, hopefully take an afternoon off or a few hours or whatever. I I think that's the biggest, the biggest perk for sure. Yeah. Well, you also have a kid. I have a kid. Yeah. So five, five. So we're, we're in a similar space to where I'm a biracial guy and you're in a biracial marriage. 
I remember this great conversation that we're having, and you were so happy to share it with me, is the fact that your son sees himself as golden. Golden. Yeah. yeah. So he came home from school one day. He's in uh, kindergarten, and he was just commenting on, you know, that there's people of or kids of different colors in his mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, absolutely, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Mommy is brown. That's fine. And okay. and what color is daddy? He says, oh, you're gray. I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right, sure. fair enough. I'll, yeah. you know, I'm uh-huh. not really white, am I? I'm gray, sure. And I said, and what color are you? And he said, I'm golden. Yeah. I said, all right. Just go with fair, it. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that says something about um, the ability for someone to parent without even having to have that conversation. I really think that comes from home. That's an environmental thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was young, um, I would color my face in with a dark crayon, like Mm -hmm. brown, like darker than my skin ever was. But I was in this nurturing environment, I guess, where I could just identify where I wanted to identify. Totally. And I'm, I'm very much bipartisan when it comes to, you know, my blackness and my whiteness, but I do tend to lean a little bit more towards the color. And I think that just comes from the strife of being a biracial kid. I can't even tell you how many times I've heard, you know, the N word or people calling me directed at you. Oh, directed at me. Like, and I'm fairer than most. Know what I mean? I wouldn't be your typical black guy. Right. And that's okay because I'm not. Yeah. But there's these constant situations and scenarios uh, that I would always come to face with. I remember playing basketball when I was at Canterbury High School, and I'm in the box, like around the key, uh, and there's another person taking the free throws, and I'm standing next to uh, a Somalian kid, and he's on the opposing team, and he says to me, yo, you ain't black. I'm like, well, what the fuck does that mean, yeah. right? I really didn't know. It, it was probably one of the first times where I was confronted by someone, as I would see, as being more like me then a a white person criticized me. Mm -hmm. So being a biracial child, you know, you get backlash from being biracial because you're not white, you're not pure, whatever. Like, that exists. I don't Mm -hmm. care what anyone says. And then you have the black community that will, like, you know, they'll take a poop on you because you're You're not not like them. I'm not black enough. And there's a great book that I read that I would definitely recommend for anyone who is of biracial descent number one but for anybody to read when it comes to a better understanding of what it is to be black and it's by a gentleman named Toure and it's called Who's Afraid of Post-Blackness and it asks the question what's black? Mm -hmm. You know is it the way you dress? Is it the way you look? Is it the color of your skin? Right? Because Shaylee for instance she was obviously black because she has the skin color. Right. Right? And so people are identified with her right there but she doesn't like rap music. Oh, like, you know, don't black people like rap music? Right. Uh, And one of the things that the book starts off with is that he's out traveling somewhere and he had an assignment where he was going to go skydiving. Okay, so he walks into the restaurant. Some people notice who he is. They say, hey, you're Toure. And he goes, yes, I am. What are you doing here? And he's like, oh, well, I'm going to go skydiving. Or the gentlemen say, oh, like, you know, black people don't skydive. (laughs) Right. Yeah, right. And there's these stereotypes, and they're okay, Yeah, right? Stereotypes come from fabrics of truth. Sure. Uh, but <laughs> sometimes it's just, it's so overwhelming because it's difficult sometimes to say your part when it comes to some racial tension because you get nailed with blowback. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a chip on your shoulder, whatever it might be. 
Uh, but the reality is that there, there still is a problem that exists. Uh, empathy is needed when it comes to race. I guess you just got to kind of have your own podcast and you can just say whatever the heck you, whatever okay. you want, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's really fascinating, the stereotypical pattern. And, you know, you still watch TV and it's black people dancing. It's black people playing sports. You know, the Asian baby amongst 10 whites just to kind of mix it in a little bit. Uh, but I, I find that there's still a very strong stereotype, not just that fabric that I was talking about when it comes to black people in media, on magazines, things of that nature. Well, you know what? I mean, certain races of people are just naturally bred with certain abilities or lack of abilities. You know what I mean? It's not racist to say that black people are more athletic than white people. It's just, and certainly there's athletic white people. Mm-hmm. Certainly. But you don't hear the same argument like, well, black people are more intelligent than, or black people make more money. It's always around that moniker. What, like, you know, athleticism? Of, of, of athleticism, exactly. It, it's always that. And you're obviously not a racist person, but the conversation always goes that way. It's the but same thing. If you, because no. if you look at the sports teams, they're full of people that there are, are of white that people ethnicity. there too. Of course there is, but not to the same extent as there are. Well, black I don't know. Are, are, are black people better barbers? We don't hear about that. We hear that black people are better rappers. Well, that's not true. Look at Eminem. Yeah. I'm saying it always goes along that vein. Like we're always talking about the athleticism of blacks. Like that's. We're, I don't think we're always the, talking about that's it. That's the I plus think one. It's Caucasian people come from a different path than but how come black says, people. Oh, you know, like the white that's people. Same with Asian white people. people are great. Uh, you know, pole vaulters. Nobody says well, that kind of stuff. That's again athleticism. Yeah, but nobody says that, right? <laughs> you're just but but you're thinking about basketball right now, and there's a lot. Uh, no, there's a lot of back, no, black football, basketball players. Basketball. I'm not being racist about okay, it like, by any means. Did you know that it's Black History Month? Yes, of course. Okay. Did you know because I told you it was Black History Month, or uh, did you already know? I already knew. Did- I know that every February is Black History Month. Okay. Honestly. Uh, my wife is black. Okay, so that doesn't mean like all of a sudden just well, because she's just, black, you know. That are, may are, be a possibility. Are black people better web designers or is that a white thing? I, I don't know the answer. Okay, well, but that's my point. But I can still see sports like tennis where it's still dominated by whites. That's true. I still look at hockey that's and it's true. dominated by whites. There's a Absolutely whole bunch true. of sports that are dominated by whites. Totally. But we don't say, boy, those white folks, they sure can hit a puck. Nobody... No you know why? That. You know, you know like, why? Because that's racist. No. Yeah. But, yeah. But, that's why. But we can talk about like how high a black person can jump or whether or not they can dance and stuff like that. It doesn't come from a place of racism, right? But there's. It doesn't necessarily mean that all prejudice is bad. Like I don't I like. Agree. I don't like chocolate chip cookies. That's okay. That's a prejudice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but prejudice and racism are so closely linked that people are just afraid to get anywhere close to it. Absolutely. For anyone that's listening to this right now, next time you sit down in front of your TV and you watch commercials, pay attention to what you see. A lot of white faces. A whole bunch of white faces. And when you see black faces, usually... You're watching BET. Usually. (laughs) This is just a nightmare. (laughs) That's Usually, Come on. Usually, they're singing, they're dancing, or they're rapping. Uh... The reason why Oprah puts herself on the cover of the magazine is because black people generally don't get put on the cover of magazines uh, because they've found that it brings in less money. Right. It's still something that is new. 
I, I don't know why people think that's so crazy. Like in the 60s and the 70s, I mean, there, there's still black people hanging from trees. Like that's a reality yeah, in the yeah. South. Like there are still Klan rallies yeah. in this world. For sure. Right? So to think that we've just escaped from, you know, this racism of the past uh, is not true. You know, I find that there's there's less tolerance as a whole. People will not sit there and stand for it as much anymore. And I'm not just talking about the black community. I'm talking about the white community. We wouldn't, like, I shouldn't say we, but just as a whole, uh, the black community wouldn't be where it was if it wasn't for white sympathizers for the, the black cause that knew that it wasn't right. The underground railroads, all that kind of stuff that was facilitated by by white people, right? And those would be the individuals that would be so much more open to the dialogue that's generally being had today opposed to like people are just so jumpy uh, when it comes to race and and that's I believe to blame on both sides there's you know white people that get super defensive and there's some black people out there like oh my god like they're just looking they're looking for a fight even though absolutely you know so. I, I was just gonna bring that up I mean I, I it's human nature just to be wary of people that aren't the same as you right mm -hmm. so i mean there's asian people that are racist against whites and blacks yeah. and there's black people that are racist against white people right i mean i haven't done anything specific to any member of the black, the black community. community yet yeah. if i go into a predominantly black community uh, not necessarily if i go into say uh, uh, <laughs> just, just let it fly. We know we know that you're <laughs> you not a prejudiced I mean. person, yeah. right? You're not racist, but right. yeah. But, you, but you there are seen. people, yeah. There are people that would see me and immediately just hate me because I'm white and I'm in the wrong community. Uh -huh. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, they'd be aware. Yeah, maybe they'd be right. they'd be wary. I'll I'll never forget this, and I I always use this as the example of how racism has. Uh, I want to make sure that I use the right words mm -hmm. uh, to where people kind of pick their prejudice. They pick their racism. Sure. <clears throat> Is that I remember when I was in high school uh, and even like, you know, grade seven, grade eight, there were a lot of confrontations with white kids and back at the time was Somalians or Lebanese. It's the same story every time there is a yeah. new a new group of people that is introduced to uh -huh. the landscape, That's right? So point, at the yeah. time, uh, you know, it was Somalis. And, you know, there would be stories where 20 Somalis beat the shit out of some white kid, right? And now it's people shouldn't hang out with Somalis. Somalis should be back in their country. They're violent people. And what I knew at the time is that they're coming from a war-torn society to where they're seeing the horrors of war and things that you and I will never, ever experience in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And there might be a, a certain level of predisposed uh, violence, right? But they're, they're not violent people. Mm -hmm. Just can you imagine leaving everything that you know, good or bad, and coming somewhere brand new? And they just happen to lash out at a white kid, something that's different, right? And... No one wanted to have anything to do with the Somalis. Now, let's reverse that situation. And 20 white kids beat the snot out of a Somali. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to have a whole bunch of white parents 
like going to the town hall meeting at the high school and saying, we got to really watch these white kids. Like, you know, and, and families talking about not wanting to hang out with other Caucasian families. Yeah. They really need to start diversifying the types of races that they spend time with. Mm-hmm. So when you don't have that equilibrium, right, when you don't have that pendulum swinging both ways, then there's a, there's a prejudice in there yeah. that deals in this particular case race which is something that's racist it doesn't mean that you're necessarily a racist human being but you definitely have like uh you have some racist viewpoints sure um and you know what sometimes we were talking about how i mean that can be towards directed towards any race and i've i've spent some time in asia and i'll never forget the one time i was in one of their markets and these two um, Taiwanese girls came up to me and asked me to shoot a video on their f- on their phone to wish their friend a happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And so I did it, but it really made me realize, like, Jesus, they're asking me to do this because I'm white. Yeah. There's 10,000 other Asian people in this market. They've asked me to sing happy birthday to their friend mm-hmm. only because I'm white. Now, that's not a negative. No you know, negative uh, act of racism or whatever. But it really made me think like, Jesus, like they've only done that because I'm white. All right. So let's just make a really, really vicious segue (laughs) and just stop talking about that. Uh, You know what, though? Uh, That's the great thing is that two friends can sit together and have a conversation about something like this. Sure. And hopefully... If you can just take away something small that will add a little bit to the next conversation, then it's it's a worthwhile conversation. Yeah. But it's amazing how many people you can't have oh, for sure. that, that conversation with. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being transparent. Because, listen, uh, this is something that's obviously not going out there live and we could take it all out if we wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a really touchy subject. Uh, but I'm but I'm glad we had that conversation, and I think it speaks volumes about the type of person uh, that you are to be able to be that transparent and share with me. Thanks, buddy. So thank you. Yeah, that's why we're good friends. That's why we're good friends. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this is supposed to be, you know, not only just a podcast where we have fun, talk about whatever. I do want it to be rooted in personal development, uh, as well as just have uh, a vein of business in there because I want to make sure that people walk away with those nuggets as well. Mm -hmm. So being someone that's been self-employed for a very long time, and I'm sure there have been some difficulties along the way, what would be your number one takeaway in regards to what a young entrepreneur should know in today's marketplace if they want to move forward being a self-employed person? Uh, You just got to commit and don't listen to anybody around you. Uh, if I were to have listened to friends, family, um, anybody else, I I would not be in business, mm-hmm. right? Everybody said it's not going to fly, it's not going to work, you're not going to you're going to do well. And 15 years later, you know, so yeah. just uh, just do it. And is I mean, there a point in time where there was maybe one person that got onto your ear a little bit more than somebody else that really made you think about quitting? Like, were you at any point really close to saying, like, I'm done? Uh, I think it's healthy to almost um, on a regular basis consider shutting it down. Yes. Um, I, I don't know why that's healthy, but I mean, 
over the years, it's it's a lot of hard work. It's a mm-hmm. lot of work. It's a lot of negativity. You know, there's ups, there's downs. It's feast or famine sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, the idea of a nine to five steady paycheck really sounds great. Mm-hmm. You know, so, man, there's been lots of times I just wanted to shut it down. But, you know, you just... Keep at it. My my biggest fear is that I, I have to go back to work for somebody else. Yeah. And that keeps me going. That keeps you going. Yeah. You know, it's wild because as much business as we do together, we don't talk a lot about that kind of stuff. That's true. Right? You know, like that's the first time I've ever heard you say that. Yeah. And for me, uh, that's what is part of my whole entire camp when it comes to what it is to be self-employed, that if you're not thinking about tossing in the towel you're not doing it right yeah uh, because there are going to be frustrations i find that usually happens when you want to grow mm-hmm. right if you were just happy being where you were and so on and so forth and things were consistent and okay that's fine you've built yourself this beautiful little bubble that little you bubble, can exist yeah. in right mm-hmm. uh, but as you want to grow and as you want to gain more market shares you want to generate more income uh now things change to where you will allow yourself to be frustrated because you have not attained right. those goals just yet. Yeah, quick enough. Quick enough, yeah, right? Yeah. And what's fast enough? And Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Gary V, actually says something that's really fantastic. It went viral on a number of occasions to where he constantly gets stopped by kids that are 22, 23 years old, whatever, saying, like, what is it that I should be doing with my life? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, all the Instagrams and the social media with all these fake people, you know, where there's a whole bunch of 19-year-olds out there that don't know shit that look like they're making millions of dollars, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's a perception of what someone should be at 23 is that like they're already late. They're already behind the ball. And he's like, listen, I'm 40 or whatever his age is, much older than the kids. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm only like 30 to 50% done, Yeah. right? Because he says I'm going to be around for 80 years, maybe 100 if I'm lucky, right? And he just kind of looks at his age as a percentage. So you being 23 years old, like you've put in, plus most of those years don't matter. You're just shitting yourself and putting your finger in fucking light sockets, (laughs) right? And he's like, you know, you're 23, you're like 15% done. Yeah. So slow down, enjoy the the process, and learn as much as you can on on that journey. Yep. Right. And that what that's what allows us now at 40 years old to where, you know, we can drop a little bit of a nugget in somebody's ear that maybe needs to hear something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so to hear two pros saying like, you know, don't quit. Sean saying don't quit. Like, hang in there because, man, yeah. the end game is totally worth it. Yeah, for sure. I remember even working in radio for many, many years. And radio is a passion of mine. And as great as I thought everything was, I was still in the matrix, right? Because I still had to be there in between certain times of day and worrying about being five minutes late, which matters nothing in this world, yeah. in our world now, being self-employed, yeah, sure. opposed to you know the corporate world. You're on the clock. You're on the clock, right? Like I don't have any more of, of these worries anymore. But you know, being in the matrix and you know having a good job, and I thought everything was great until I got unplugged. And I'd, I'd love to have this story where I said, you know what? I just I was working a radio for so many years and I, I found network marketing that was my thing to where I started making money in network marketing and I said, you know, F you to the establishment. <laughs> yeah. No, I got fired. Yeah, yeah. I got fired, but I still had a choice to make. And you can make that choice anytime. And my choice was that I was gonna say goodbye to that guaranteed paycheck mm-hmm. and I'm gonna put that guarantee on me. 
For sure. And then since then, you know, now I'm doing this podcast. You know, I work with you. We collaborate. Mm -hmm. We have an Airbnb together. You know, I have a rental property of my own. Mm -hmm. I've done so many different things. And it was because I was brave enough to step away from that every day that we've become so accustomed to. For sure. And the biggest thing that always comes to my mind when I'm talking about being self-employed is when it comes to weather. Where people will say this summer was good or that summer was good or it was really sunny this summer or this one not so much. And the reality was it just either rains more on the weekends or it doesn't. Yeah. Because for the most part, we see just as many sunny days. That's right. You know, and when you do have that sunny day, Sean, like what is it? What is it that you're doing? Look, I'm not so much involved in, in your family life and stuff like that. And I see a lot of your your professional life. But if you really just have, you know, three hours in a day and don't say take a nap. No. <laughs> you have three hours in a day and it's a beautiful summer day. What is it that you're doing? Uh, usually taking the kid down to the marina to hang out, play. Yeah. Time at the beach. Mm-hmm. And that's enough, eh? That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. It's all about the kid. There's always that thought in my head, like, it's always about him. Oh, mm-hmm. he would love that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm here to do this for myself, but oh my God, he would love that. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's always... There's always him. So people should kind of treat their businesses like they do their kids. Psychologically, at least, right? Like you're kind of always thinking about your business, but you're always thinking about Absolutely. you're always thinking about your kid. For sure. Yeah. That's like a loose parallel. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, Sean. Yes. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. I can't wait to do it again because, you know, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not interviewing yeah. opposed to having a conversation because that's the world uh, that I come from, and I know that you play around with podcasts as well, mm-hmm. and you just ramble forever about nothing. Totally. So, <laughs> totally. Yeah. and like we totally dig it, totally. man. It's like totally wicked. Yeah. Uh, so, if people want to find out more about you, yeah, uh, where should they go? Give us like the URLs, give totally. us the social medias, everything. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you can visit us online at www.galantmedia.ca. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also on Facebook at Galant Media. I think we're in the Twitterverse. I'm not really sure what else. Yeah, nobody knows. No. No. Website, Facebook, that's all I care about. Visit us there. Yeah. And let them know that uh, J-Man sent you. Yeah. Because <laughs> he wants that fat commission. Shameless. Shameless plug. Uh, no, but <laughs> it's really good to have uh, such great company around me, to have you sponsoring the podcast. Five years I've been waiting to do this, and tonight, I don't know, it's... We're just doing what we what yeah, we usually do, but right. but to me, honestly, it has uh, a much different feel. I feel uh, like something really big is happening here. So, I'm really looking forward to sitting down with some of Ottawa's top entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. letting them tell their story. I want to stay rooted in personal development and talk about business, entrepreneurialism, and all yeah, that kind sure. of stuff. But like, man. Like, let's have a conversation. This is not uh, an hour-long or 30-minute infomercial. That's right. Right? I just, I really want to learn more about people and allow other people to listen in to these entrepreneurs and find out what they're like on that human level. For sure. So, again, thank you to Sean Gallant of Gallant Media. You are badass. Uh, That's a wrap. So, I I don't even know who's coming on next. I wanted to have actually black entrepreneurs on here to talk about Black History Month. And go figure. I think I had a better conversation with you about it because it sees uh, more than just one side, right? So, uh, that's that's really awesome. So don't forget to check us out on Facebook at the Launchpad Podcast featuring J-Man. You can also add me personally to Facebook at J-Man is Alive. And check out our brand new website at www.thelaunchpadpodcast.com.
Bluetooth.com.